0: What's up, guys? It's Joe Causey. Now, you know me from CBS FM 101.1, but did you know I'm from Brooklyn? Of course you did. I go by Brooklyn Zone Joe Causey, and we are going to be dealing with everything and anything from the playground of the world, Brooklyn, New York. And going to help me out on this whole thing here is my good buddy, intern Anthony. Intern Anthony, how are you, my friend? Hey, Joe, what's up? This is our, like, virgin show. Yeah, this is it. This is a this is a cool thing. I mean, just go easy because it's a first time for me. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what I like? I'm, I'm very excited about doing this because it's it's different than being on the air. Because when I'm on the air, I got to watch my p's and q's. Like you too. You know when you when you do the morning thing, you got to watch what you say. Yeah, we can't say absolutely anything, but on here, I think we could go wherever we want to. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I could I <laughs> I mean, I could really go off the deep end, but I'm not going to go off the deep end. But we are going to be dealing with everything and anything in Brooklyn.
1: That's right. The and best place
0: in the world. There's so much to cover. We've got the greatest food. Mm-hmm. We got the best looking women on the planet. <laughs> I mean, did you ever see like women walking around 86th Street back in the day? Well, not you. You were probably not even born. How old are you? I'm 22. 1996, I was born. 1996. I'm not even gonna go with that. I don't even <laughs> gonna go with that. We have like different views on a lot of things. What was what were the women like? Women you know, they were they're not like today. Today they they were classy back then. Classy. They were classy back then. Today it's 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 totally d I mean they're classy in their own respect today, but but back then it, it was different. They dressed to impress. When we went out to clubs back then, it was different than today. You you didn't walk into a club and they pat you down. And they we lived on love. We lived it's, safer, that we, right we now. Lived, it's yeah, safer. But we took care of our problems. You know there were guys packing back then, but they they left them alone because they knew they would take care of the room. We walked in, we threw twenty dollars on the bar, and we drank all night. We didn't pay for drinks. We didn't pay to walk into clubs. Did you no, have to but, get the fake IDs? We didn't. Need Fake IDs back then. I and mean, There were girls 12 years old on the dance floor dancing with us back then. Oh my you know, God. it was a whole different way of life. It was a great way. You know, like your typical night out tonight is what?
1: Okay, so if I wasn't twenty one yet, my regular typical night out would be that we'd have to chalk our ID. Did you guys ever do that when you were when you were I under? Never,
0: I never used an ID. <laughs> so I never used an ID. I never used
1: an ID. So what my age group would do is because we're ninety six, uh-huh. we would take a red and a white pencil uh-huh. and circle out the six and make it look like a zero that we were born in 1990 instead and that's how we would get into the bars and if that didn't work we had a backup fake id from uh-huh. anywhere and then we'd get patted down like we're going through airport security but like you know, you,
0: you know back then everybody knew somebody so like if you went oh yeah he's friends with my uncle he's friends with my cousin i let them in they're all right and they never checked anything and then if something happened, you ran out the side door and it was forgotten about. And that's how it was. It was different. But we're going to get into all that kind of stuff later. But I want to know from you, what part of Brooklyn are you from? I'm from Bensonhurst, me, uh, 15th me
1: Avenue. Me too. Oh my God. We're yeah. neighbors.
0: No, not necessarily. I was <laughs> I was towards like Bay 50 on the other side.
1: Oh, okay. Much you know, down for Closer
0: to Coney Island. Yeah, but yeah. But you're like in the new Chinatown now.
1: Yes, I'm yes. in the new Chinatown. They can't, <laughs> you can't get my mail wrong. Yeah, you know, I'm the only Italian last name on the block.
0: <laughs> Let me talk about my neighborhood first, because my neighborhood literally was self-sufficient. You didn't need a car in my neighborhood. No. If you wanted to go to work, you walked two blocks to the subway. Okay. You got on the B train, zip up 86th Street, and you went to Manhattan. If you had to go to a wake, it was two blocks from the house. The funeral home was two blocks away. You want to go to church? It was around the corner. If you had sins. Confession was 3.30 in the afternoon on Saturday, <laughs> right? The grocery store was across the street. If you wanted to play a number, the guy was on the corner taking numbers. You know, everything was in the neighborhood. So, and was it the same for you growing up? <sighs> Not even close. Really?
1: Not even remotely close. So, I grew up in like the late 90s, early 2000s in Brooklyn, and we saw like the shift in Brooklyn from your generation to the way that it is now. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched all of the mom and pop places close. I watch all of my neighbors move away to other places. Mm-hmm. And the most depressing thing in the world was going out as a kid and trying to get all the kids on the block to play with you and realizing that half of them moved away, whether they went to Staten Island or yeah. to Jersey.
0: You're right. And I do the same thing today because, because I live in Staten Island now. And at least once a month I'll come into Brooklyn, maybe twice a month, you know, whether to go to Ellen B for pizza or go get bread or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, no matter where I am in Brooklyn, I could be... In Vincenters, in Bay Ridge, I'll always come back to my neighborhood because I have to drive by my house, and I'll go up and down the blocks. Because, you know, my my family is very popular in the neighborhood, so I knew a lot of people. And I go up and down and up and down the streets, and I don't see anybody that I grew up with, no one. Doesn't that Uh, hurt? It does hurt. It hurts a lot. But, you know, I look at it this way. It, there's a new generation of people moving into the neighborhood, and it was like that 70 years ago when my grandparents came here f- from Italy, mm-hmm. and they were the generation that that changed the neighborhood. And it's going to happen again in another 50 years, and that's and it's going to be like that forever. It's going to keep changing. It's a cycle. Exactly. It's it's a constant melting pot of people, and you know, back 70 years ago, it was predominantly uh, Italian American in my neighborhood. When my high school, I went to Lafayette. Where did mm-hmm. you go to high school? Severian. Severian. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> 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 I didn't wear a friggin' tie. You did. All right. Uh, excuse me. We went to Lafayette. All right. And in my high school, it was predominantly all Italian mm-hmm. um, with, with Irish and, and Jewish. You know, a couple of African-Americans, you know, a couple of Asian. And that was it. But almost, I don't know, 70, 80 percent was predominantly Italian. And it, it was different back then. It was different. Today, the school's closed. Schools closed because the neighborhood changed.
1: Well, that's a a whole other thing is that all of the schools closing. mm -hmm. I've been to three Catholic schools as a kid, and not one of them did I leave because- What, did you get
0: thrown out of each school?
1: Not one of them did I get thrown out of. (laughs) I had to leave every one of them because they closed. Really? Three different Catholic schools I Mm -hmm. had to
0: leave because they closed. Well, yeah, the Catholic school in my neighborhood, Most Precious Blood, they closed. That's where my son went, yeah. and its I don't even know what's there now. It's like a charter school or something like that.
1: That's what they're doing, all of them.
0: Yeah. Well, I went they- to
1: St. Francis Cabrini mm-hmm. on Bay 10th and 86th Street. Oh,
0: yeah, I know, right by the car dealership. Yep, I bought closed. my first Chevy Monte Carlo there in 1980. I worked at McDonald's flipping burgers for three years and I bought a brand new Monte Carlo for 9500 bucks. Look at us. We got something in common because I used to work.
1: Do you remember Ravioli Fair on 86th Street? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. 15th Avenue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked there. I saved $75 a week. Uh-huh. And I was 14 when I started there. They threw me on the slicer. Yeah. And he said... You're going to cut your fingers. And I was a 14-year-old kid, but my mother wanted me to go out and get a job. Uh I was making $75 a week, working like 45 hours a week after school. I would take it every week, go to Chase Bank and put it in. I leased myself a Mercedes.
0: Yeah. See that? Mercedes. My first car. And I'm driving around like a Mama Luke in a Monte Carlo. (laughs) Look at this guy. What did I do wrong? (laughs) I should have went to Ravioli there. I went to McDonald's. <laughs> Paid well, huh? But kids today don't do that. No. God forbid. God forbid they walk around and they don't have their friggin' iPhone in their hand. You don't even have a friggin' job. What are you doing with two phones? Well, the parents are paying for it. That's mommy and daddy's iPhone. It's really. ridiculous now. It's ridiculous. We have a rule in my house, you know, that when we go out to dinner, there are no phones on the table. First thing I do, you can ask my kids when you see them. I ask the waiter, "says Give me a bread basket." I get a bread basket. Everybody puts their phones in the basket. I wrap it up on a napkin and it goes on the side of the table, and no one can use it.
1: See, I got a hack for them. Maybe they're going to bring their iPads or their Mac instead. Yeah, what's you going to throw?
0: The what's that? There? No, boy, you ever <laughs> see that when you go to a restaurant? And you see the family sitting there with, with the iPads in front of them, <laughs> and they all right. Cooper, you have your iPad. <laughs> Hunter, you have, uh, you have your DVD playing. You know, they're watching. I mean, come on. Talk to your kids. And
1: they got the bumper on them so that when the kid yeah. throws it across the restaurant, yeah, it doesn't yeah, break. Yeah. yeah, real nice.
0: <laughs> real nice intermingling with your kids. Very nice.
1: You said that your grandparents came straight to Brooklyn from Italy, right?
0: Well, no. First, they, they went to Ellis Island. Yeah, of course. And then from Ellis Island, they went to Spring Street in Manhattan. They lived right around the corner from us here. Wow. And yeah, they were in Spring Street. And um, from Spring Street, they went to Brooklyn.
1: See, what made that generation come? Now, that generation came here. My great-grandparents, your grandparents, came here with absolutely nothing.
0: Mm -hmm. What made them come to Brooklyn? They go where their friends are, where their families are. And that's where they moved to. And it was the same thing in Brooklyn back in the day. Uh, You had Bay Ridge was uh, predominantly uh, German-Irish. Really? Yeah. Oh, definitely right. Most definitely right, Lou. Yeah. I mean, most definitely German Irish, and then you had certain pockets there with Middle Eastern people, and and that's how it, that's how it was. They went to their same. They went to certain areas. If you went to McGinnis Humboldt Street uh, around there, that was all Polish people in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. That was all Polish, mm-hmm. and it's still a lot a lot of of, of those people there today. But but now look, the millennials are moving in.
2: Yeah, Brooklyn was considered poor back in the day. It yeah. was. It, it was the, the cheap alternative to Manhattan, right? and it was where everybody that couldn't afford anything stood. And that's where you got the hardest workers, mm-hmm. that everybody kind of banded together, and that's where the sense of community came in. Yeah. That's why everybody really like bonded, and that's why you were able to have the kids on the streets that knew each other, yeah. and everybody looked out for each other.
1: My grandfather lived in Red Hook in Brooklyn. And when he moved out, he lived there till he was like a teenager, and then they moved to the Bensonhurst area and things like
0: that. And That was upscale.
1: Yeah. Up, Bensonhurst
0: was upscale up compared scale, to Red Hook. Right. And You're when right. he
1: moved out of Red Hook, someone told him, his name's Tony, and someone told him, Tony, you should buy a couple of the houses on this block. And my yeah, grandfather man. looked at them and said, no, nah, this will never be worth anything over here. <laughs> I'd be a millionaire right now. You better now believe it. If he would have bought those houses <laughs> over there. You're
0: talking a million plus, each one of those right now, you know? And they'll buy anything. They'll live in a frigging shoebox. Oh, yeah, a studio apartment for like $4,000. Yeah, I'll pay three grand a month You know, (laughs) for a one-bedroom apartment. No problem. But what went
1: wrong? (laughs) What went wrong? My
0: parents, even
1: my parents' generation, 20, 25 years ago, if they wanted to start a family and start a life together, they went to Bensonhurst, and they went to Diker, and they bought a house, and it was affordable, and it wasn't bad.
0: Mm -hmm. I can't do that when I get married. My grandfather bought my house back in, I think it was the early 30s. For like under $3,500. Oh my God. Three family brick house. <laughs> under Now it's over a million, you know, it's over a million yeah. bucks, you know, and, uh, but those were the times, but you could feed a family for $20 back then for a month <laughs> today. You know, you go to McDonald's, it's uh, $45 to feed four kids.
1: That's what I'm saying is that like, I have plans in a couple of years to marry my girlfriend buy a house i'm never going to be able to live in brooklyn let me
0: explain something to you right now Oh, let's think about this all right because <laughs> right now it's a whole you know you're running around or you're smiling it's a big party <laughs> yeah let's get married a couple of years right yeah everybody's oh you look good i look good trust me things are going to change what's going to change trust me you're not going to be smiling every day lou it's true. Straighten it's true. them out. Straighten
2: when, this guy out. When when I was your age, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm I'm 38 years old, so I'm right in between you two guys. So when I used to go hang out with my friends at Diker and I'd walk home to 18th Avenue, I used to walk past the houses and say, I, I want to live in one of those when I you know when I get yeah. older, or whenever I can't afford it, no. I had to move out. Yeah, I couldn't do it, and and yeah. it's the time right around the time you were born is when everything started to go up. That's when the prices started to get real valuable. Right around. 96. See,
0: I brought property value to you Diker did. and Benson. That's what I
2: did. You did. Yeah.
0: But, but Brooklyn is more than Bensonhurst and Diker. I mean, of there's course. so many great neighborhoods in Brooklyn. And we're going to be talking about them in the next couple of weeks. I mean, some great areas like Sheep's Bay and and Coney Island and Seagate and 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 Canarsie and the Rye, you know, I mean, really really great great areas. Williamsburg now is like, you know,
1: untouchable. Untu- can't touch it.
0: Can't go to Williamsburg. I don't want to go to Williamsburg. I don't want to go there. Now Now everybody's going to Bushwick anyway. I don't want to go to Bushwick either. <laughs> if it's anything that's walking around Hudson Street, I don't want to go mm-hmm. there. I don't want to see these people, all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Joe, but we don't have to talk about that part of Brooklyn, but we got a lot more stuff that we're going to talk about oh, soon, We're going
0: right? to talk about tons of stuff, tons, and I'm very excited about this. I mean, I can't wait to get into the nitty-gritty. I mean, stuff that... We can only do on on a, on a thing like this. We can't do it on regular radio because they'd knock me out of New York so
2: fast, yeah. my head'd spin. Forget no, about it. My you know? boss would bust right through the doors. Don't worry about him. We'll take care of that. <laughs> and you get to give an honest take on what's going on around everywhere. We are. Yeah. We really are. Yeah. We're gonna
0: give. Uh, yeah, we're, it's not gonna be no phony stuff. We're we're, we're gonna give you a, a neighborhood guy's perception on on what's going on in the streets.
1: Yeah, and we can't be honest on the station. You know, I'm intern Anthony from New 1027, and I can't really tell them exactly how I feel on the air. But here, Joe, we could do whatever the hell we whatever want.
0: Whatever you want to do. And nobody could do nothing about it, which I love. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll catch you on the next podcast. See you next time. Radio.com. Radio.com. Radio. 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 Radio.
1: Radio.